0: Today on the podcast from the stream this afternoon, we were late to the game. So I streamed in the afternoon instead, just a quick short stream. We talk about God's nature and his abundant nature and how that should actually influence us in our day-to-day lives, how we should remember that and remember that he wants to bless us. He wants to give us everything he has and we should remember that we should. How would that actually influence our lives? If we remembered that more frequently, Uh, my sister sent me a, a tweet and said, hey, it's 2023, what's entering public domain? I said, that is a great question, I don't even know. I don't know what's entering public domain, but I should. So we looked that up on the latter half of the podcast. And surprise, surprise, my buddy Derek sent me a message on Twitch chat and totally caught me off guard. He said, hey, you're live, what's up? And I'm like, whoa, no one sent me a message on this chat bubble yet. So that was hilarious. Thank you, Derek. Thanks for joining and participating. We uh, we chat a little bit about what's in public domain just kind of fun so thanks for being here let's get to it it is january 12th 2023 this is reality stretch hello it's late in the day it's 12 42 p.m i am not going to stream this late again hopefully I'll get back into my morning morning routine. Lots to do today, so this actually will be a short stream. But I've been thinking a lot about abundance today and uh, the the nature of God. And the prov- provocative provocative thought that I want to share uh, this morning is: What if God gave you or materialized for you in your life a million dollars on condition? that you rededicate your life to him and serve him all of your days oh what up no way Derek just chimed in hey my buddy what up that's so cool chat actually worked no way now I feel like we need to have some sort of conversation uh let me riff on this though for a minute so we can even chat Um, in that chat, I should respond. Should I pull it up? That's hilarious, man. Graphic ghost there. Pressure is on. Let's have a good show. What the heck? That's so cool that that chat bubble works. Now I've got to pull this up so I can actually message you. So. Um. Um. So this is what it actually feels like when people chat, huh? Thanks for that fun gift. That's awesome. So I have the chat bubble working so that anyone chats on any platform, it pops up on the screen. Which, you know, could eventually be a problem down the road, but not when we don't have anyone participating. But anyway, so thanks for that. What a fun surprise. That was so unexpected. I thought I was just going to hit the button and record this, but my buddy popped on. So thanks. So basically the provocative thought that I'm thinking right now is what if basically God gave you a million dollars or any figure like 10 million, 20 million, it doesn't matter. Throw a number out there on condition that you rededicate yourself to him and, and serve him all of your days. What would you, what would you give him in exchange for that for that gift, how would it change your perspective? How would it change your life and your belief of God and your relationship with Him? And uh I don't know the name of this phenomenon, but I hear this um in my I, I encounter this often in my life. The the concept of it's almost like that Keanu Reeves meme when let me pull that up. Um uh, I'm pretty sure it's from Bill and Ted, right? This guy right here, the Keanu meme. When I realize it isn't the first time Keanu Reeves is a meme, right? What's this? But it's usually tied with, I mean, what's the application of this actual meme? That's so funny, man. Thanks for commenting. That made my day. Am I showing the wrong? I must be showing the wrong. Oh, what the crap? I'm not showing the right desktop here. Hang on. Watch this. That's embarrassing. The infinite loop. There we go. That's better. So here's the Keanu Reeves meme, right? This, This one right here. I haven't seen any nominations for Keanu Reeves as meme of the decade. I think he should be b- because he's a wholesome man. That's great. But where are these? What if Keanu Reeves created the Keanu Reeves meme, pointing out that Keanu Reeves may have made the Keanu Reeves meme just to become an even bigger internet sensation, right? So th- that meme and its application I have these epiphanies in my mind where I create this scenario and extrapolate it into the future and then basically have this epiphany of what if it's already occurred. And that's where I'm going with this main example is, according to what I've read and the things that I believe, if I truly believe that all good things come from God, if I believe that uh, Moses parted the Red Sea by the power of God, um, brought forth water out of the rock by the power of God. If I believe Jesus turned water to wine, if I believe um, He raised people from the dead, if I believe He healed people and performed all these miracles, fed the 5,000, if I believe all of these things and actually truly believe them, wouldn't I act a little bit differently? If I believed that all good things came from God and he's an infinite source of all good things in my life, wouldn't I actually act differently? Wouldn't I, wouldn't I avoid things that I believe are contrary to the will of God more diligently each day? Wouldn't I turn off inappropriate material or things that I think lead me away from God? Wouldn't I be more diligent if I actually believed it? And I think you know the concept that I hear leaders in my church talk about of, of of it's time to wake up. It's time to internalize and realize these things. I think that that is um, that applies here with this thought that I've been having. This recurring thought of of do we actually believe these things? So my produ- provocative thought of what if what if God offered you twenty million dollars in exchange for your renewed loyalty? The Keanu Reeves moment the realization moment of that is he already has we're we're in God's debt we're in his debt every good thing comes from God every good thing in our lives comes from God and there's no limit to the amount of blessings that he's willing to bestow upon us he created all good things he created everything and he's able to create infinitely more where those came from so that's the, the realization. So the provocative title I think I'll, I'll, I'll throw out there is you are an eternal trust fund baby. I just I had that thought. I, I was thinking this morning as I was studying my scriptures, if all of our blessings come from God, and if we believe in him and we believe in his infinite goodness, then we are an eternal, we are eternal trust fund babies. So I had that thought, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention that when I open my uh, my stream today." But then, through a series of events, I've just been busy with other things. But hold that thought in your mind. You are an eternal trust fund baby, and there you go. That's it. That's for the provocative spiritual thought of the day, and uh, I encourage you to hold that thought in your mind. And uh, carry it forth and share it with others and, and let that alter your perspective a little bit. So, all right. Now, my sister Heidi sent me a tweet. And it caught me off guard a little bit. And I was very excited about it. So she said, let me open up Twitter here. Oh, people raving about politics. Twitter as a whole, I still think is too toxic. Maybe I'm not following the right people. If someone, and the problem is a lot of these people that show up in my feed these days, I do not follow. And it, they're just suggested to me. Um, Like, I don't follow President Biden. Should I? Maybe. I'm, I'm trying to keep, like, my reality stretch feed just positive and not really political at all. Uh, Let's see here. Here's a meme from Lex Friedman. Cheers to all the people who can change their minds when presented with information that contradicts their beliefs. That's funny. I thought I tweeted at Subway yesterday, the Subway, the, the sandwich company, because I've discovered something. I was looking them up for a project that I'm doing in school, actually. But when you look at their website, I don't know if it's just me that does this, but... If you scroll to the bottom of the website and look at the footer and see what year is displayed on the copyright it says copyright twenty twenty two and I'm like that's just some simple code to code that thing to just look at the current date and update itself accordingly, right That's just simple code, so whoever does these websites is just funny because. I know it's very petty, but I typically look at the copyright date to give me an indication of how how up-to-date a website is. So when I saw Copyright 2020, Subway IP, I was like, oh, that sucks. So I like tweeted at them just for fun. But I, think, I don't think I hit send or I don't think I confirmed the tweet. Basically just saying, hey, get with it, guys. Like 2022 is old news. But, I mean, really it's just annoying because it's so simple to code that to just always have the current year displayed. So that's just laziness and oversight on the part of the developer. But anyway, that's funny. But anyway, so Heidi, my sister tweeted at me. And um let's see if I can find it. She knows that on the reality stretch reads podcast I'm going to be reading audio, you know, reading books that are in the public domain. So she tweeted Where did it go? So she said, at Reality Stretch, weigh in on the new public domain content this year for the Sandbox. And I'm like, oh my goodness, she's absolutely right. Here we are, it's a new year. Okay. Yeah, so Graphicos, I usually try to make it smart. I do have a website that I somewhat manage that has not not one but two copyright dates at the bottom, and they are both wrong. Nice. So, but isn't there a way, I thought that I saw when I was doing like some sort of like full stack thing, whatever, or website builder or reading, I thought, isn't there just an easy way to code that so that it just queries the current date and just always displays the current year? Is there not? I thought so, but you would know, (laughs) obviously you would know way better than I am. You're the Yeah, he said, absolutely. So you're saying some of the sites you manage, you haven't coded them like that and they are actually out of date or you just aren't responsible for that portion of the site. Someone else is responsible for that because that's also a very real possibility. All right, so this... uh... More the latter, there is a whole committee dedicated to the website yeah, I know that yeah, that happens with larger organizations for sure there might just be like one person who's in charge of the just the copyright date and their job description. <laughs> yeah, simple changes take weeks, if not months, absolutely I totally hear that now, help me out, so I use restream to stream to all these platforms, and I know I found I know I found a place where I can pull up. Cross platform chat. Huh? I know I pulled it up once. Get embed link live, whatever. View analytics. I don't think that'll do it. Oh, chat messages. Sure does. Watch this. What? chat. Here we are. Ah, whatever. I can't find it. I'll find it. I did find something that allowed me to pull up the chat and that's how I pointed that URL URL towards the chat box in order to pull it up on the actual video feed. But whatever, I'll have to find that again. I was so unprepared for someone to actually send a chat. You have no idea. You have no idea, that totally caught me off guard. But that's fun. What a surprise. Anyway, so Heidi said, weigh in on the new public domain content this year for the sandbox. And yes, absolutely it's a new year. And I didn't even think to look at what's aged into public domain. So I'm just gonna start with a simple high level Google. What is in public domain? What has entered? So, books published in 1927 and films released in 1927 enter the public domain in 2023. American Writers Museum. So, let's see if anyone has identified some notable things that are now in public domain. Publicdomainreview.org. This is exciting. So works by people who died in 1952, works by people who died in 1972, um, but that's, let's see, works by people who died in 1952 for countries with a copyright term of life plus 70 years, which is the UK, Russia, most of EU and South America, works by people who died in 1972 for countries with a term of life plus 50 years, e.g. New Zealand and most of Africa and Asia. And then films and books, including artworks featured, published in 1927 for the United States. What does that mean? Including artworks featured. Does that mean artworks featured in 19 um, 1927? More fodder for ChatGPT, perhaps. Um, I actually asked a really cool question r- related to school in ChatGPT. I gotta show you this. It was great what it said. So in 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 my one of my courses I'm doing right now. I don't think it's gonna show me. Oh, it's down. Anyway, I asked ChatGPT. I said I'm doing a school project on uh, business analytics, business intelligence, and I need some open some good sources of open public domain data sets that I can use to decide what I should base the project off of. And um, what's cool is, like, obviously ChatGPT gave me a list of cool open works. And, like, the first one I went to is called Kaggle. And it's, like, hosts data science competitions, and they have a whole bunch of open data sets. And so, like, I just picked... Data sets that I thought were interesting, then built like a business intelligence question based off of those. And I'll just say, like, one of them was a list of median income versus education in counties across the United States. And I said, Well, that's pretty powerful. What can I, what would that be useful for? And what I actually thought would be funny is then I looked up, like, I tried to find a fast food restaurant where, like, an open database that listed all of the locations of a fast food chain, and Subway was one of the ones I found, which is why I hopped on the Subway website to get their history, etc. But basically what I'm going to do is come up with a hypothetical scenario where Subway says we want to start, we want to have offer to our franchisees, because, of course, Subway is a, you know, franchiser. Basically we want to give certain franchisees the option of rebranding as like a new sister brand that they would hypothetically spin off that focused up, focused on more like, um, kind of like how McDonald's did the McCafe, right? Focus on maybe plant-based or more gluten-free or maybe paninis or wraps or just, just have a different, cause I know Subway tries to focus on being healthy. I get that. That's their brand. That's their ethos. But And so they don't necessarily want to violate that because they also focus on being affordable. So I'm like, if they just want to create like a sister brand that's a little bit higher of a price point, but features, um, you know, tries to reach a different demographic and then offer to some of their existing franchisees, hey, which one of you want to take the risk to adopt this new brand? We've done the market research in your area and target certain counties where they have multiple franchises um, based off of the median income, because you wouldn't want to take a subway that's in like a truck stop in the middle of Nebraska and say, Hey, you want to offer all these gluten-free and plant-based options or something. Right. So it's just a hypothetical, but the idea is I'm just going to take that data set and uh, versus the location and hopefully find like some metrics that would be meaningful. Like, we have this many stores in this type of, you know, demographic or something, right? I mean, I'll come up with some meaningful way to be able to help inform that decision. But basically, if I start with the goal of, you know, we want to offer to 15 to 20% of our, you know, 20, I think there's like 22,000 stores in the United States, uh, just the United States locations. But of course, there's like 37,000 globally. But the idea is like, if the corporate, level where to say we're going to offer this rebrand to a percentage of our stores based in the U S based off whether or not the franchisee wants to take that risk. And we're going to offer it in these areas um, where we already have established locations with a track record of success, where we think there's a higher probability, like, you know, a location where there might already be like six subways, then maybe offer to two of the franchisees or all six say, hey that we think this would be well you know serve well in this community yada 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 anyway so that's what I was going to do so i asked chat gpt and they're the ones that pointed me to ca- uh, kaggle so that was kind of cool all right back to this public domain review what will enter the public domain in 2023 a festive countdown Do we really have to click like this graphical interface though to find out? Ooh, a public domain manifesto. Alright, so they just have... It's interesting. I mean, what are we supposed to do with this catalog, huh? It, like, shows a bunch of things with seemingly random numbers. Let's start with one. Virginia Woolf's To The Lighthouse. Two. Edward S. Curtis. I assume that's, like, uh, some art. Let's try clicking on one. Edward Sheriff Curtis, 1862-1952, to 1952, was an American photographer and ethnologist whose work focused on the American West and on native american people his life-defining project was the north american indian spanning 40 volumes in four decades the goal of the project was not just to photograph but also document as much native american traditional life as possible before that way of life disappeared he wrote in the introduction to his first volume in 1907 the information that is to be gathered respecting the mode of life of one of the great races of mankind must be collected at once or the opportunity will be lost Over the project's course, Curtis made over 10,000 wax cylinder recordings of Native American language and music, and took over 40,000 photographic images of members of over 80 tribes. In addition to recording tribal lore and history and describing traditional foods, housing, garments, recreation, ceremonies, and funeral customs, he wrote biographical sketches of tribal leaders. In 1912, he said about making In the Land of the Headhunters, a 1914 silent film fictionalizing the world of the— uh, I'm not even going to try to say that. Qua, qua, qua. Peoples of the Queen Charlotte Strait region of the central coast of the British Columbia, of British Columbia, Canada. It was written and directed by Curtis and acted entirely by— Okay, let's give it an effort. Qua, 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 qua. Qua, native people that's a struggle um that's really really cool though i'm really excited about that one i am going to need to add that to the sandbox because i'm going to see who's hosting that content where i can find it because i personally want to review that Alright, so let's see what else is in here. Wings, directed by William A. Wellman. American silent film. Huh. I feel like a lot of this stuff, like... Even though it's in public domain now... I'm sure I probably could have found this on YouTube and watched the whole thing. I'm sure someone's uploaded it. Right, even if it wasn't in public domain. But... Uh, You know, potentially it wouldn't have been monetizable, but now it is, right? That is so cool. All right, Cecil Day-Lewis was an Irish-born British poet and poet laureate from 1968 until his death in 1972. He also wrote mystery stories under the pseudonym of Nicholas Blake. During World War II, Day-Lewis worked as a publications editor in the Ministry of Information for the UK government and also served in the Musbury branch of the British Home Guard. While studying at Oxford, Day-Lewis became part of the circle-gathered around W.H. Auden and helped him to edit Oxford Poetry. Looks like we've got a bunch of... Uh... Interesting. Alright, let me breeze through some of these. Six. Why did they jumble this around? Uh Four. Let's look at four. I skipped four. Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda was an Indian Hindu monk, yogi, and guru who introduced millions to the teachings of meditation and Kriya Yoga through his organization Self-Realization Fellowship. Yogoda Satsanga Society of India, and who lived his last 32 years in America, a chief disciple of the Bengali yoga guru Swami Sri Yukteswar Giri, he sent. He was sent by his lineage to spread the teachings of yoga to the West, to prove a unity between Eastern and Western religion, and to preach a balance balance between Western material growth and Indian spirituality. His long-standing influence in the American Yoga movement, and especially the yoga culture of Los Angeles, led him to be considered by yoga experts as the father of yoga in the West. He published his book, Autobiography of a Yogi, in 1946, to critical and commercial acclaim. So what's interesting is, like, it just lists this person... Entering the public domain in countries with a copyright of life plus seventy years. Oh, that makes sense. So this list that they're displaying is not just what's in public domain in the United States, which has specific interest to me more than others. So basically, if you don't, if you live in the UK or any of the countries with a copyright of life plus seventy years, because this person passed away in 1952, now any of their works is in. Um. Yeah, Mickey Mouse is set to enter public domain in 2024. Disney is doomed. That's a struggle. That's a struggle. That is true. Interesting. Now, is that is that in the United States? No, yeah, it would be. It, but what's weird is, like, since Mickey Mouse is a character as he evolved, I've often wondered about this. Since he's evolved so much, is it just... Yeah, they still own the copyright, so who knows. But since he's evolved so much, I would imagine that only the initial versions of Mickey Mouse. Like, would it be possible for me to, like, like the Steamboat cartoon, right? The version, the original version that was released, I would imagine just that version is in public domain now. Is that fair? That caricature? I would imagine so. I don't really know how that works. So I want to read this. He published his book, Autobiography of a Yogi in 1946 to critical and commercial acclaim. Since it's first publishing, it has sold over 4 million copies with Harper San Francisco listing it as one of the 100 best spiritual books of the 20th century. Former Apple CEO, Steve Jobs ordered 500 copies of the book for his own memorial for each guest to be given a copy. Interesting. Well, that's really all I had to say today. Peace out. Resume tomorrow.